In this bonus episode of Fictional Hangover, we talk about a sex talk with Saw Gerrera, murder bears, double speed audiobooks, reading the Rogue One script before anyone else, and having no chill over Star Wars with Beth Revis, author of Rebel Rising. Hey everybody, welcome to Fictional Hangover, a podcast about young adult and new adult books, series, authors, and voice actors that is full of spoilers. I'm Amanda. And I'm Claire, and today we're going to talk to Beth Revis, author of Rebel Rising. Enjoy! (laughs) So many E's. I have no chill over talking to Beth. Nope, no chill at all. It's fine. (laughs) We just, <laughs> we were imagining, you know how Idrissa gives the sex talk and the the feminine hygiene talk? We were just imagining what would happen if it was Saw who had to do that and how terrible it would be. So, so deeply terrible. <laughs> I like to think that Saw knew his limits and was just like, no, I, I cannot. I just cannot. <laughs> we imagined him standing in the corner and just trying to give Jin, like, Nutri-Milk. And she's like, no, I need chocolate. And he's like, this is the thing that brings down the Empire. Yeah. It's like For immediately calling for aid. Help, help me, please. <laughs> we decided that a young menstruating Jen is the only thing that Saw is ever afraid of. Yeah. Yeah. That that's the only thing that would could possibly terrify that man. <laughs> he just goes and hands himself up for the next Imperial Barrack. He's like, take me. I just I can't deal with that. <laughs> um <laughs> Oh, I love your on-theme shirts. They're so perfect. Oh, yeah. I just spilled water all over my shirt, so I'm gonna hide. <laughs> Don't hide. I Excellent. just I just got this one. Like, just came in the mail a couple of days ago. I was super excited about it. I have the Leia one, and I was actually gonna wear it, and then everything went sideways, and I was like, well, I'm just gonna wear my workout clothes now. <laughs> ah, but you have a Grogu in the background, so it's fine. I, I specifically moved him down so he was visible. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. So cute. I have to Chewie still here, actually. But I'm not allowed to get him out. Not after the last time. No, the last episode, <laughs> he took over the episode. This was fine. It was fine. When we talked about Ahsoka, it was all Chewbacca all the time. That's fair. Yes, that's, that is true. I mean, to be fair, so I, I just recently got these new shelves, and so I have like. I hope it doesn't like bother you if I move the screen. No. I have like all oh, my pretty fancy shelves. <gasps> and then I have my Star Wars right there in the corner. Yes. And it's two floor to ceilings of all the Star Wars. Oh, wow. That's so great. And, and I can make it go up. All my Funko Pops. <gasps> oh, <laughs> downstairs. Oh, I want my Pog. <laughs> oh, that's so fun. I love checking out people's shelves. Oh, uh, yeah, it's so great. Love them. I've wanted them for forever. And then uh, eventually I just claimed the game room. I was like, you guys aren't video gaming enough and my writing's more important. So now it's my room. And I just took it from the voice and 
this is what happened. It's wonderful. Love a hostile takeover. Yes, it's wonderful. I didn't even give him an option. I was like, oh, by the way, I placed an order at IKEA. Get ready. <laughs> <laughs> I would agree. It's more important. It is. Mm-hmm. All of those beautiful things needed a home. Exactly. Jealous of all your showers. Yeah. You, yeah, you, you're spurring me on to get mine sorted. I will do it. I will make that phone call this week. Okay. If it makes you feel better, I just placed an order for like five more books. I have no idea where they're going to fit. Well, <laughs> you, you can't see the stack of books that's beside my. It's ridiculous. You can't see my bedroom that has a whole nother shelving. This one came oh. this week. Oh, yeah. I have that one. Yeah, at least too. that was little. I have it with oh, me too. Snap. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is at the end of the episodes, you know, we suggest something else. You know, if you liked this, try this. And this was mine for this week. So oh, just... I was going to pick that one when you told me off for doing a princess and a scoundrel. <laughs> yeah, well, that's not fair because that's what I was going to do. And then you did it first. So Aww. all Beth Revis all the time. Yes. Y'all are the best. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, is it time? Is it time for Would You Rather? It's time. It's time. It's time. Pew, 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 pew. Pew, 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 pew. Stormtroopers can't hit anything. Nope. It's fine. They're fine. All right. We're so excited that Beth Revis is joining us for Would You Rather and to talk about this book because everyone knows how much we love her. So deal with it. It is. Yay! <laughs> I will bask in it. <laughs> oh, sending you all the glory. Good for the skin. <laughs> None of the bad UV rays. <laughs> okay, so let's get into this because this is going to be fun. We asked on social media, would you rather be able to forge documents or would you rather be able to pilot a ship to very necessary skills? in the Star Wars universe. And on Facebook, 70% said they were going to forge documents. On Instagram, it was 60% to pilot, 100% pilot on Twitter. And on TikTok, it was 55% pilot. So we've got a little bit of a mix going on. But we do have comments. We do. At Real Jackson Ford, author friend of Fictional Hangover, said, ship. That's not even a serious question. <laughs> <laughs> there. <laughs> I mean, I kind of feel that way too. I would absolutely pick piloting a ship. No, I want to forge all the documents. I'm forging everything. There's a limit to how many documents you need, but there's not a limit to how many ships you can drive. That's there's true. not a limit to the amount of credits that you need. But one really good document would solve that. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, maybe. Maybe you move on to forging other things. I mean, that's like what a cosplayer does is forge stuff. So you can, who knows? Who knows what you could forge? No, I want to ship. Fine. I'm going to get full Han Solo. Give me my Millennium Falcon. I want to ship. <laughs> Will you take me places in your ship? Oh, yeah. I'll forge your documents. Per- See, that's all we actually really need. Yeah. Can, can I have the Millennium Teamwork. Falcon? But Lando Calrissian's Millennium Falcon. Oh my god, I love Lando. I I just want his capes. I need all of his capes. And I I would like the cleanliness of Lando's Millennium Falcon as well. I was going to say, that's definitely going to be a cleaner (laughs) vessel. (laughs) 
Um, let's see. <laughs> Other comments. Nina on Facebook said, pilot the ship. I am an excellent driver, but am lousy with minute details needed for forgery. Cool. Annie on Facebook says, I have horrible handwriting. Same, Annie. <laughs> so it'd be nice to have forgery skills. Although you have to think in the Star Wars world, forging is more like computer programming. Right. She's not actually doing anything on paper. It's all digital. That is true. But, you know, the the invitation that she made, I feel like it's very oh, fancy, yeah. which is going to go back to my cosplaying. Like, she has to make true. this fancy. You see, I would argue as well that everything's digital now. Like, the only things I ever write down are shopping lists and cards, like greeting cards. And mm-hmm. then I try and keep the greeting cards to a very bare minimum. If you get a greeting card off me, I actually do like you. It's a genuine, I actually like you. Otherwise, it's a text. Um, I can I, I order the wrong things all the time on the shopping because I just cannot understand my own handwriting. <laughs> it's abysmal. <laughs> <laughs> my handwriting is also terrible, but, you know, I can fake it. I can forge other handwritings. Oh, I have to concentrate. Really, really <laughs> concentrate now. Brie on Facebook wants to forge as well. She says, forgery sounds like a wonderful art project. I can do art. Make me a pilot, anything, and we will crash after getting horribly lost. <laughs> so she's on your side there, Amanda. She she's is. She's going to forge the art. She is. She is. Um, Coral on Facebook says, learning to pilot a ship sounds a little more exciting than writing on paper. I might not have the patience for that. That's fine. That's true. And lastly, we have Colin on Facebook says, pilot a ship, please. I'd love to be able to fly. And this is probably the closest I'll get until someone invents me an Iron Man suit. Plus, I'd probably get carried away forging documents and end up drawing a teeny tiny little cock on one of them. And that, in theory, only I know about due to the arc jets of cum and thick, bristly pubes is quite visible to the naked eye. Or, you know, something like that. Not specifically that but more than likely the cock thing. Yikes. Yeah, I'm going to say he went pretty specific to somebody <laughs> saying not specific. <laughs> I know for a fact that Colin on Facebook once spent about a week tearing tiny little cocks into paper and then stuffing them into a colleague's shoes and bag and drawer, pencil case, just for the lols, because that's what the two of them used to do. Hide cocks everywhere for the other one to find i mean he's on brand (laughs) (laughs) that's a kindness (laughs) yikes that was a lot especially to end with i'm glad we ended with the penises i feel like it's actually circling (laughs) back to our saw guerrero conversation it is yes it's all sexual help let's just tie it back in right there <laughs> Imagine being at school and your substitute teacher comes in and it's the sex ed course and it's Saul Guerrero turns up. Everything about that. No, would be he terrible. would just burn that school to the ground. He would. <laughs> would you rather it was Saul Guerrero before he has to get the the, the um, oxygen um, machine? Or Saw Guerrero with the oxygen machine. <laughs> Which one would be better? Worse? To give the sex talk. <laughs> I mean, that. This is a thought provoking question. question. <laughs> we asked yeah. deep questions on fictional hangover. 
<laughs> That's um. I mean, he's gonna be grumpy and terrible either way. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. I think it would be more frightening with with the mask and you know the heavy breathing. I think it would be worse. Yeah, the heavy breathing's bad, but then the other way might have more direct eye contact, and that is also bad. <laughs> All bad. Either way, it's terrible. Don't ever let Saul have this conversation. It's not. It's not okay. He is not meant to do this. Mm -mm. It's not okay. Let's go to the next question that does not have any. Does not have anything to do with saw and sex talks. Oh yes, please. Would you rather eat bun or Nutramilk? I mean, definitely bun. Look, I'm not a fan of milk, but at all. So give me all of the bun. I don't care. I don't want to yeah. drink milk. Whatever kind of and, milk it is. I mean, bun is, is like low-key mochi anyway. Like, that's good stuff. Yeah. Mm. But constantly eating it? I don't know about that. Oh, I'm good with that. <laughs> I can fixate on good tasting food. We're fine. <laughs> I just wonder if Hada hasn't found seasoning. Oh, he definitely has seasoning. He's got seasoning, that's fine. Does he make it sweet and savoury? Because it, it, it seems like a very universal product. Yeah, I mean, it's it's basically like a dumpling. Like, you can put whatever you want in it. Mm, that sounds delicious. I feel like Hatter mm -hmm. has skills, too. Oh, he has skills. He has he skills. Had. He had skills. skills. <laughs> so many skills. He had the talk with Saw. He knows what they do. <sighs> Sorry, I'm a bad person. <laughs> I'm not sorry. <laughs> but then he got exploded. That's, that's my favorite part about the book, P.S., since you weren't in on our discussion earlier. Um, I love that literally everyone dies. I mean... It, it can't be a happy it, ending. It kind of had to happen. Yeah, it can't be happy. Yeah, and I mean, I, I keep having people who will say, like, I'm so shocked that Hatter died. And I'm like, I, I literally named his planet Skull. Yeah. I, I wasn't it's subtle. Not subtle foreshadowing. <laughs> have you listened to the audiobook? Um, I've listened to part of it. I, I have a hard time listening to my own audiobooks. We've, I think we've had but... this conversation before, I feel like. But um, yeah, Rebecca Solaire narrated this one. She did a great job. But she mm -hmm. pronounced it school. And I was just listening to it. And so I was like, wait, she's going to school now? Wait, what? She's going to school? <laughs> and it took me a long time to figure out, oh, no, that's the name of the planet. And it's probably not spelled like school. It's probably another word. So, yeah. It's, it's definitely skull. <laughs> yeah. I like skull. It's a good name for a planet. Yeah. I would choose to live there. <laughs> good luck. I'm control now. Well, yeah. you know I'm so, already on that side. I'm a bad guy. I can't help it. Still. That is true. Next question. Would you rather have a dad who created the Death Star or a dad that was an extremist? I mean, I would definitely go for the dad who created the Death Star. You get a I'm, lot of free meals from that. Yeah, and... I'm just at a point in my life where I'm constantly tired. Having an extremist father means you have to do things. 
And I'm, I don't want to do things. I want to do no things. <laughs> I'll just ride the coattails. <laughs> Give me what I want or I'll get my daddy with his death star to come and beat me. I think, I think it's a good plan. I'll just be like, yeah. You know, my dad who invented post-its. I mean, the death star. <laughs> uh, I was hoping somebody would get the reference. <laughs> Oh, now I want to watch that movie. <laughs> okay. Um, of course your dad's going to be inventing the Death Star. I know that for a fact, Amanda. I mean, come on. There's no question. Yeah. And he wouldn't have done it, you know, kind of by force, kind of by being kidnapped, kind of maybe, maybe he that's what he chose, maybe. No. He would have just... Like, here I am. Let's build this thing. Let's do it. Let's blow up planets. Because I'm evil, and so is my entire family. And that will be okay, and that would be my life. I think I'll quite like, you know, take your daughter to work days if he's building the Death Star. That'd be fun. Yeah. Well, I mean, she kind of did that. You know, she's building all the panels, and then they're exploding. He just didn't know. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) Ugh. Yeah. That's what I'm going to do. Yeah. I'm with you guys because again this is just circling back to that conversation that I'm not allowed to mention again but you know if the parent has to have the conversation with you would you rather be Forrest Whitaker or Mads Mikkelsen god I love Mads Mikkelsen so much yeah Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. definitely Mads but I also really like Forrest Whitaker so Forrest Whitaker's amazing but I, I don't want the sex talk from him no to be fair, I don't want the se- sex talk from Mads if he was my father. <laughs> you would like the the demonstration if it wasn't, if he wasn't your if father. If there was no relationship. If there was no relationship. It was yes. not extremely inappropriate. Yes. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> yes. Okay. Would you rather join the resistance as a fighter like Saw or a diplomat like Idrissa? I mean, I think I would go Idris's path because, again, it it seems easier and I'm tired. And also, like, she's cleaner and has access to baths. <laughs> that, that appeals to me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Indoor plumbing. Mm. It's a selling point. Mm-hmm. And body glitter. It's an important thing. Yes. That's what I need. Yeah. I declared that I had a non-sexual crush on her when she was introduced because she was so beautiful and sparkly, so that's what I have to go with. Yeah. Yeah. And actual groceries as well. That's a selling point. There was it like being a diplomat, you've got groceries, not just Nutri-Milk. <laughs> true, true. You have a bed, not just a mattress on the floor. Look, that mm-hmm. mattress on the floor, though, was special because everybody else was piled in the bunks. So she had her own room. I don't believe that Jin will have good posture from having a mattress on the floor. <laughs> from AJ. That can't be good for you. It's, you know, My it's back's very, aching just thinking about it's it. It's very stiff. Oh. So, you know, maybe maybe she will have exceptionally good posture because of it. She's no. stiff as a board. No. Mm, sorry. <laughs> You're not convinced. No. I tried. I tried to make it better yeah. and I failed. <laughs> Okay. Plus, if you're working with a dresser, you might get the chance to meet 
Mon Mothma and Bill Organa. And if I had the chance to like meet Bill Organa, I'd be like, dude, I would just, you know, I would, I would fangirl because I love Bill. I love Bill. So yeah, any chance for that? Yeah, I would definitely. It's hard to not think of the character, you know, like the actors that play these characters. You know, if you if you were in this world in real life. You probably wouldn't fangirl Bail Organa. You would, you know, you would look up to him, but I don't know that you would fangirl him. I don't know. I think he's something special. My mum, on the other hand, she has always fancied Jimmy Smith ever since Elia Law. She's like, I remember being knee high and she was like, she'll be watching it and going, oh, that man's fine. I'm like, mummy! Not really understanding. And she's like drooling over this guy. Hi, mum. She listens to this. So <laughs> she's going to get that. <laughs> yeah. She can drool over him. I'm just going to be like, teach me your ways. He's so smart and diplomatic. And and if I'm friends with Bill, then I might get to be friends with his daughter. It's true. Uh... It's true. It's true. You guys... Imagine like the state dinners on Alderaan. That would be pretty nice. Leah would fling peas yeah. at the people she doesn't like. Very subtly. You'd never catch her, but she'd do it. Oh yeah. <laughs> and you know for a fact she's got drunk off her dad's alcohol many, many times. Of course she has. That Alderaanian green wine. <laughs> yep. She sneaks it back to her room with her friends and they're just <laughs> Thinking that's being all, all grown up. It's like, Leia, you're a princess. I know. That's Slip when she back. started making the hair buns because she's drunk and she's like, What do I got? I got all this hair. What am I going to do with that? And then they all start braiding her hair and putting it up. And, and they're like, Leia, oh my God, you look so gorgeous. <laughs> but it's the drunk kind of gorgeous. It so it's, it's just. She's slightly smudged, a little bit yeah. askew. Well, she did fall for a scoundrel. Yeah. Well, this is where they have the Alderaan version of Cosmo and they do one of those Cosmo quizzes and it's like, what's your ideal man? And she gets the scoundrel and she's like, no, I'll be a diplomat or somebody who's going to fight for the resistance. And then who does she end up with? Those quizzes well, he like. is at least a general. Anywho. What is our last yeah. question? Oh, oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> Would you rather forge credits for the Imperial office and, and gambling debt or the documents for a rebellion extremist? Hey, I think I would do for the for the extremist. Like at least I'm doing some good. I wanted Solange to get shot in the head by <laughs> Saul, so Viva la resistance. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I have to go with the rebellion on this one too because, like, what's the point? They're, you're just going to keep getting in debt. You're never going to stop gambling. You're never going to stop. Yeah. And so I'm going to be here forever making stuff for you. That's not very exciting. So You, you could see the, the addiction glint in her eye when she realized how good of a forgery that she Jin could make. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, yeah, you stay around because I'm going to get even further in debt. I need you to 
be like, yeah, I'll see. Yeah. That's not exciting. No, it's five o'clock. Yeah. Good blackmail, though, for later. Oh, yeah, that's true. But do you keep enough records to be able to do that? Did Jin think to keep... I don't recall clearly. Did Jin keep records of being able to do this? To use his blackmail? I will I will put the judicious hammer down and say that she was smart enough to have done it. Even if it's not... It's not in the book. But she was smart. She did it. She did it on the down low. It was unwritten. It was between the lines. It wasn't, you know... If you knew all the nitty gritty, it would have impeded the narrative. Yes, it would have, exactly. it would have been too much. Exactly. But she definitely would have done. She would have kept as many records as she could. Yeah. Yeah. Because you never know yeah. when you're going to need them again. Well, yeah, and she was raised by Saul, so she's always looking for the other angle. Right. True. She's always it's prepared. It's she couldn't do it for General Rockwin. Admiral Rockwin, sorry. Mm-hmm. Bid. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's the end of Would You Rather. I'm surprised that it only went off on a few tangents. <laughs> I'm really, really surprised. But now it's time for other questions and we can go off on all the tangents that we want to. And it yeah. will be great. <laughs> so, the the question that I want to know is how does knowing a character is going to die change how you write their story? Like, Because you have a start and you have an end to work with. Like, does it hold you back or does it make things easier because you know, well, that's the end? I mean, I kind of approached it almost like writing a historical. Like, if I was to write a narrative of Anne Boleyn, I know she's going to die. I know how she's going to die, but she still has an interesting life. Mm-hmm. And so I think I, that's, that's pretty much how I approached it. It's like, what made her be that kind of a character? And it's, to me, it happened in history. It, it was a galaxy a long, long time ago. So it was just like historical in the future. <laughs> okay, I like that. This is actually something that came up in the conversation we had. And it was about, Amanda was saying, Jin has the worst life. Nothing good happens. And when there's a glint of something good happening with Hada taken away. Mm-hmm. Were you ever tempted to give her even a bit more happiness? Because we kind of noted when we were talking about it, even with Hada, she's never fully present. She doesn't relax. He doesn't really know who she is. So she's not herself. So she, she because she's not, she can't be present, she can't be happy. Was there any point where you're like, no, I'm going to actually make her happy for a couple of years. I'm going to give her contentment. But then I'm going to kill it. Um. Well, to me, that, that was Hada, like... And she isn't, she isn't herself, but I don't think she could have been happy as herself. So reinventing herself as somebody new was her way of finding that happiness. And she could only be happy if she wasn't who she actually was. Mm. So for me, that, that was that moment. Um, But I also always knew it was never going to last. I would say she, she did get at least one moment of bare and open honesty. So she did have that moment. <laughs> yes, yeah, she did. Yeah. I mean, it's a YA novel, but but they're still like, yeah. <laughs> At least Idris had already talked to her about it. Yes, so. she was prepared. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, no, if she's ever content, she's not going to fight. People who are happy 
if they feel like they can preserve their own happiness are not at that level where they're willing to give everything up because they have something else to live for. So is that why Akshaya was the way she was? You know, she kept saying, we're ants, they're giants, we're fine. Do you think she'd actually deluded herself into believing she was fully happy and fully content and didn't need to find? Oh, yeah. Yeah, like that That was, she, she was, as long as she had her people, she was happy with that. And, and that her, her, I don't want to say her worldview was myopic, but it was, she didn't want to look past what she already had. Yeah. Well, and she's already lost a daughter. So like, she's got to keep what she cares about close and safe. And that's what she's going to put all of her focus on. Right. I suppose you could go one of two ways. You could go the way that Akshaya did and keep, you know, keep on the planet, keep deluding yourself. Because it was, for me, it was delusion um, that everything's going to be fine. Or you could be like, well, I know we're eventually going to have to leave because the Imperial force is going to come to the planet because they've gone everywhere else. So I need to have a contingency plan. She didn't have a contingency plan. So it's kind of, it felt a little short-sighted of her, but then, you know, like you say, she was happy where she was and keeping herself in that one place. Yeah. And if you have a contingency plan, that means you're willing to admit that things could go wrong. Mm. And if you want to believe that it's going to be okay, you kind of cut yourself short off that bridge. Mm. Yeah. I was expecting Jin constantly just to probably just shout at her, like, they only really seem to have one argument. And uh, and I was getting frustrated. <laughs> I can't imagine what Jin would have been like. But then they got exploded. And then it was fine. <laughs> and then we didn't have to worry about it ever again. <laughs> <laughs> and we all lived in nope. pieces. Oh. 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 She went there. Oh. She went there. <laughs> so you've had the opportunity to write a major character Jin is a major Star Wars character and one of our favourites are there any minor characters who you've ever wanted to write the story of and like pull them out from the background and into the forefront would you ever want to write a Driss's story and take oh, her up to I would read uh, that she would be awesome I would, I, I would love that one I also it to be selfish and only pull from my book um the whenever Jin is abandoned by Saul and then she gets off the planet with the the guy who's piloting the ship and she never even gets his name yeah I always really liked him as a character and I know he's only on there for like three pages but he doesn't realize just how integral he was to everything happening. Yes. He would have a good, I, I, I always like he would have a great short story. Yeah. All right, now it's time for your next short story collection. Ready? Go. Let's <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> see if Star Wars approves it. <laughs> that would be amazing though, having like a short story collection of these minor characters who in this case isn't even named. You can you imagine he turns up and he is, you know, he's in a new hope and he's in a TIE fighter and he's helping luke skywalker take down the death star but he's one of the ones that gets blown up because we cannot yeah, have a happy of course ending. he's You're gonna get blown up that. of course he's gonna <laughs> yeah and it you know you well, turn, I mean, to be fair that's kind of what um, 
if you've ever read Claudia Gray's Lost Stars, that's a little bit what the premise of that book is. It's, it's two background characters who are brought to the forefront and one is on the Empire side and one is on the Rebellion side. And it's a little bit of a Romeo and Juliet thing going on in the background of all the other major things that happen. Yeah. We need to read that one. It's, it's a really good one. We need to read that one. Something else that we've talked about a little bit in in our episode about Ahsoka and then at the beginning of this episode, um, we talked about toxic fandom um, because, like, I, you know, I don't feel bad about it, but I am definitely a movie person. I don't, I don't read all of the backstories, you know, except for this one and when we read Ahsoka, but I, I'm just a movie person. And... Like, I kind of feel bad about it because I don't know all of this backstory stuff. And, like, am I really a fan if I'm not reading every single thing? Well, of course I am because you can be a fan at any level. But, you know, sometimes people don't think that way. So have you, like, experienced any of that because of your book or not because of your book just in general? I mean, my dude. <laughs> there, there, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of it out there. Do we there. need like, to fight people on your behalf? Because we will. No, it's, I mean, it's totally fine. But like the, the cover for The Princess and the Scoundrel just got released. And obviously this book is definitely going to be compared to Legends books that also have the the marriage of Han and Leia. And that's fine. Um, I always look at it as if I am making an addition into the stories and not taking anything away. So if somebody really likes something else, that's fine. I am not taking it away. I'm just putting something else on another shelf over here. And if you don't want it, you don't have to have it. But yeah, people get uh, very passionate. And I just like to imagine how angry they are when I close my computer and walk away. (laughs) (laughs) You bathe in their anger and it's fine. Yeah. Well, that's it. At the end of the day, whose name is going down in the Star Wars books? I mean, it only counts if they're good. So here's hoping that one, like people like it. And, and I, I serve the fans who are, who are eager for yeah, it. So. You can't. You are canon. Yeah. You are freaking canon. And you can't that write is... a bad space book. You can't write a bad oh. book in general, but oh, oh my God. How... <laughs> it's totally possible. Nope. We'll see. We do not believe that. <sighs> No, I'm just going to be anxious no. until August, and then I'll be fine. <laughs> I'm ridiculously looking forward to it. I had pre, I had my pre-order in on day one, and then when oh. the cover was revealed the other day, I was like salivating, going, <gasps> "It's a, it's a, is the cover? Go- I am literally cover. going to get it framed and put on my yeah. wall. Like, yes. I don't even have. And there's no other of my books that I have framed on the wall, but that one. It's beautiful. That one's going to be. The fact yeah. that it harkens back to the original trilogy's art style, mm-hmm. oh my god, it's a thing of beauty. If you it's look just... at the Empire Strikes Back original movie poster, yes. Oh, yeah. yes. I want it on a shirt. <laughs> I want it on everything. <laughs> yes, just splatter it everywhere. My phone's wallpaper right now. <laughs> it's everywhere. So That's amazing. So that is beautiful. amazing. I love the fact... It's they get married on uh, Endor, don't they? Mm-hmm. So they're gonna have murder bears at their wedding. I don't know how much I can confirm or deny, but I mean, 
You can't They're get married Endor. on Endor and not have the ring bearer <laughs> or the little flower girls being a murder bear. I need that in my life. <laughs> I didn't realise. This is terrible. Oh, just going to take this apart. There was, uh, I bought this the other day because I've got the Woman of the Galaxy book, but I bought the collectible postcards the other day because I needed to bring my collection up to date. There is a, there is, I know I'm calling them the Ewok murder bears, but I, I feel fully justified. But there is an Ewok, a female Ewok in here, and I can't remember the poor girl's name, but I was like, yes, there's the flower girl. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> the entire wedding party is Ewoks. We've already written it in our own minds. I can't remember. Sorry. I just want to tell you everything. <laughs> like, I want you to tell I'm me everything. I'm just biting just my gonna... tongue here like, mm. I'm just going to sit here and just say things until you're like, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> yes. But it's Interesting just... that you bring up flowers. Flowers are, are just, they're delightful, aren't they? <laughs> I'm so freaking excited. Everything. Oh, it's a good thing that Star Wars books have such short lead times because if I had to sit on the secret for more than a year, I would just literally die. <laughs> Do you know what? I can't remember what I watched, but somebody, something somewhere said that you can always tell somebody when they got in, how old they were when they first got into to Star Wars by their reaction to Ewoks. Mm-hmm. And if you were young when you got into Ewok uh, to Star Wars, then you love the Ewoks. But if you were older, then you're like, what? And it's like, I will freely admit, I never understood Star Wars until I was jet lagged. And that sounds ridiculous. But I've just come back from Walt Disney World and, you know, absolutely adored being surrounded by, I mean, this is years ago, being surrounded by all this Star Wars stuff. And it was three o'clock in the morning and I'm turning to my husband wide awake going, let's watch Star Wars, Star with a New Hope. And just suddenly something clicked in my brain and I was like, yes, I'm in this fandom. I am there. Get me the T-shirt. I want to be in there now. And I think it was just a mixture of being tired, but also actually starting to really appreciate what was going on. I always loved Leia. I always loved the female characters. And that's something we've had many conversations with um, one of our super fans, Brie in particular, about strong female characters never really being put to the forefront but then we've got Jane and I found the murder bear by the way her name is is that a knife in her hand? yeah and she's diving into the stormtroopers she's going to kill them because she's a murder bear she's beautiful she's a badass murder bear she's beautiful I first heard the term murder bear from Delilah Dawson and I have loved it ever since. They are, they are the precious little murder bears. Yeah. Yeah. They need to be. You're going up there. Okay. <laughs> you would be my inspiration at work. Um, but yeah. Um, so I, I feel like I'm a fairly recent addition, relatively speaking to the Star Wars fandom. And unfortunately I felt, well, fortunately I fell in pretty deep. Um, but I've always loved Ewoks. Always. I remember the Ewok cartoon in the 80s. I used to know all the magic spells that the shaman used to say. Mm-hmm. Don't know. I can't remember what I had for my dinner at night. <laughs> I, think they're, I think they're on Disney Plus now. I wouldn't be surprised. I, excuse me. <laughs> I'm not 100% sure, but I'm fairly certain because I went looking for <laughs> for something and saw... At least one of them. Carry on the conversation. <laughs> You're just going to spend the rest of the episode finding them and watching yeah, them. <laughs> it's fine. 
I mean, I stopped paying attention a second ago to pre-order the audiobook, so <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Who is fine. doing the narration? I didn't even look. Just I don't say. care. Oh. I had just, no, I, I, I was going I to do it, and then I forgot to do it, and then I thought, well, you know what? Now that we're talking about it, it's the perfect time. So who is the audiobook narrator? Do you know? I don't know. I'm looking right don't now. We'll we're it. all looking we're at our phones. We're all looking at our phones. We're all going to find it. I wonder if it's going to be cinematic like the other ones. Oh, That's I'm sure it is. Then... It's very interesting. They're very... Yeah. They're very cinematic listens. With all of the sound effects and, you know, John Williams music. I don't music. think they have the, the narrators announced yet. Oh, well, then it'll be a surprise. I think so. I'm going to go with it. I'm not finding it. So we're going to, I'm going to assume that we don't know that yet. But yeah, I, I assume it's going to be very cinema- cinematic. And I love that. Uh, so far, all the audiobooks I've listened to from Star Wars are that sort of radio play. Yeah, it's so fun. I, it gets a little distracting sometimes when you're listening and like there's explosions happening in the background. You're like, wait, what did they say? But that doesn't happen very often, except for in your book when everyone gets exploded. <laughs> my my only problem is I usually listen to audiobooks at 3x speed and I cannot do that for no, a you can't. Time. You can't last. do it. Oh. Yep. Anything below but, times but 2 and it's just wrong. Yep. I I can I I can do them at t- I I do them at two. <laughs> and then the music comes on instead of like do 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 it's like do do do. Oh, I'm so glad you listened to your book okay, no super speed because we definitely do that. And it was tough listening to these with that with that going on. But you know, you do it. You do it anyway. But yep. isn't that just like when you sing the song cuz you, you if you do like the imperial death march or anything like that, you don't you're not slow with you're not like you like So it's kind of just natural. It seems like it's just your natural it's your natural reading speed. So it, it does because I usually listen to like when I'm working out or doing like task or something and I do go really fast when that sound comes on I'm like okay we gotta go <laughs> <laughs> it's behind us <laughs> oh that's fun oh that's genius <laughs> I'm so glad somebody else listens to them fast I know so I know and get wrong so often I know. <laughs> why would you feel guilty you gotta get that in your brain as fast as possible there's more books to read but you know, you. as a semi voice actor kind of becoming a thing, like you you don't want people to speed through your to speed through your performance because you've worked really, really hard on it and then you crank up the speed and you're just skipping right through it. It's fine because I still listen to books faster than I should, but would we consider it a compliment? You said that wrong faster than you should. Fast, if, as if, fast if, as I need if, to. Do you know what I, I read um, today, in fact? I read an article about it, and it was somebody had... And it was a personal, like, blog-type article. And a person has ADHD, and they've never been able to listen to audiobooks until somebody told them to speed it up. So now mm-hmm. they put it on 1.5 or 2, or sometimes even faster, and all of a sudden they've been able to click with audiobooks. Mm-hmm. They just didn't realise that it was just too, too slow. Yeah. And now they've... They just consume them like ice cream. Yeah, it's wonderful. Yeah. And there's some narrators who I just cannot listen to quickly for whatever reason. 
So I consider a good narrator someone who I can listen to very quickly. That is also, you're right. You're right. That's also good. Our people. I know. It's amazing. It's really, really amazing. Claire, didn't you, when we first started podcasting together, didn't you not, you weren't able to listen to audiobooks that fast? And I was like, what's wrong with you? (laughs) I didn't listen to them at double speed. Um, the maximum I would go to was probably 1.5 at the time, um, depending on who the narrator mm. is, because some of them are just naturally like snail slow and it's just too much. Um, but now, it, now I'm having to downspeed people because some narrators are too, too fast at too, double speed. But yeah, I can't go back. I will try every now and again to listen to it at, 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 at 0.1, just to, just to see what it's like. I'm like, oh, no. There is one narrator I will listen to at regular speed. And that narrator is Steve West because his voice is made of dreams. <laughs> Have you listened to any That's Steve because... West books, Beth? No. What What are some of the titles? Um, he narrated Strange the Dreamer by Lainey Taylor. Okay. His voice is I... <laughs> made of dreams. <laughs> Okay, so I definitely have done that one, but I definitely did that at 3x speed. Maybe I should have slowed that one down. You know, just listen. <laughs> You'll melt. Okay. Just just give it a try, just for a few minutes. and He you'll sounds like, oh. like Richard Armitage, the actor <sighs> Richard Armitage. He has the same kind of, like, mm, chocolate melting in your mouth kind of voice. Yeah, we don't. They're very comparable. We do not. They are very we nice. We need to stop talking about him now before <laughs> before bad things so happen. Before Saul has to come and give us a talk. Don't make me... Yeah, exactly. Saul Guerrero is going to come here and he's going to start talking about <laughs> melting parts. <laughs> and he's going to bring a blaster. And then Mads Mikkelsen shows up and then everything goes to shit. <laughs> <laughs> Unshaven Mad Nicholson as well. Has that stubble thing going on, doesn't he? Anywho. Move on to something about else being excited. Important. Talking about being excited in Star Wars, what were you most excited, past, present or future, about making into Star Wars canon? Oh. Oh, I don't know. Um... It, when I was writing Rebel Rising, there were like every decision felt momentous. Like every single named creature, every single named planet, I was like coming up with like this is my one chance to 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 make a legacy of something. So it all felt momentous. I don't I don't know of any single thing that really stands out because I tried to make it for everything. Um, yeah. That's a terrible answer. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's reasonable. It's just like, oh, I was overwhelmed by it, all of it. But I really, what, like, every single aspect of it was just utter dream come true. And the fact that I could, I got to read the script early. So I knew about it before anything. Like, when, when my, um, when they approached me for Rebel Rising, there wasn't even a name for Rogue One yet. And the only thing that was known publicly was that Felicity Jones was doing a Star Wars movie. And, and like the pitch was, 
do you want to write about the Felicity Jones character? It wasn't even Jenna Urso or Rogue One or anything. And I was just like, yes, I'll do, I'll do anything. I'll, I'll do it for free. I'll do anything. And then to get there, and because I got to go to San Francisco and the script, we, we read the script in a locked room because we couldn't like take the script with us. Like they gave us a printed copy and we had to sit in the room and read the script. And like the whole time I'm turning the pages, I'm like, holy shit Jen Urso is awesome and like just that whole feeling of of that and then realizing that was what I got to work on like I'm getting goosebumps just remembering that moment (laughs) it was so it was so amazing because I mean I I don't think it was even known that this was going to be like a what they were at the time calling the anthology stories like it was just a Felicity Jones being attached to something with Star Wars and that was all that anybody knew Wow. Yeah. And then, and then I would have friends say, oh, did you hear about this new movie? And I'm like, mm-hmm, sure did hear about that. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. That's the coolest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> that must have been so painful. <laughs> I, yeah. And then and then the only person I felt like I could tell was my husband, because he obviously would have noticed that I left the house for a week to go to San Francisco. Like he wouldn't know. So I was like, I can tell him I get off the airplane and I run down. I'm like, you're never going to believe about this story. And he was like, don't tell me. I don't want spoilers. (gasps) (laughs) I just had to live with it. Oh, that is cruel and unusual torture. Just let me tell you this one thing. He was like, no, I want it to be a pure movie experience. I'm like, Hmm. You could have told us. We would have been in on it. We would have yes. gone with the spoilers because we love spoilers. So next time. We, would, we won't record mm-hmm. it. We won't tell anybody. We mm-hmm. will be your sound. Next time board. it happens, you have to come to us and we will listen. Okay. We'll throw, we, we will selflessly throw ourselves under that bus. We will. We will definitely do that. Taking one for the team. Yes. Thanks. Yes. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, my That's the coolest God. thing I've ever heard. I, I don't think I'll ever, you know, top that. Like, I, I had lived the coolest experience of my life, and that was it, so. <laughs> if we approached you to write an episode of The Mandalorian. I would do any. You don't even have to finish the sentence. I would do it. Okay. No. <laughs> okay. Disney. Yeah. Yeah. We- no, they, they have me for life. Anything they want. Because working with Star Wars has been one of the best publishing experiences I've ever. Every single person, up to and including, like, the security guard at the Star Wars publishing offices. Everyone was so wonderful and nice. Like, they have me for life. Anything they want me to do, I will do. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. (laughs) That is amazing. Yep. It's wonderful when you can, like, not just love the the thing that's created, but the people who made it. Yeah. Yeah. You you hear, like, there's always stories, isn't there, about how, Disney cannot be the best employer but then I do hear a lot of good things about from the cast members and you know the Mm -hmm. behind the scenes and how supportive people's creativity is and they're so innovative like so much technology is being developed by Lucas Arts as well and Mm -hmm. really pushed the forefront of where cinema can go that is so exciting. One of the things we were yeah. talking about, actually, when we were, talk- we were discussing the book was how cinematic a lot of the scenes were. Um, particularly, Amanda, you uh, said the Inosagi in mission. Yes. I can just see it. I can see it happening in my head when they're all there and they're all in their like beautiful gowns. And then 
there's just metal shards flying by and people start you know everyone's getting cut and you can just see Jen running out like in slow motion with blades going past her and just blood splatter in the background I can see it I can see it happening yeah. I loved I loved that scene. Such a good that, scene. I love Hatter too, but I think that was my favorite one to write. And that was one of the few things that didn't change at all from the original draft. Yeah. Like that that one made it through. Oh, so good. That's you know, amazing. but terrible at the same time. Because everybody oh, dies. Yeah, yeah. But that's my favorite part, so <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> I was gonna say, but that's the imperial that's the nature be of the of of the Empire, the Imperial but it's not. That was the extremists yep. mm-hmm. taking everybody's life. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, mm. uh. that's one one thing that's good about the entire Star Wars kind of literary canon is that they're not afraid to kill people. <laughs> and I like that. It's a big galaxy. I like that because not everything can have a happy ending. Yeah. War is brutal. That's what Saul says. You yeah. know, you. Leaders are built or uh, created because they're standing on the graves of the fallen, and war is bloody and awful. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. even though the whole premise of Star Wars is literally the wars part of it, like all the original movies were that, you you did always, or at least maybe it's because I watched it when I was a child. I always knew Han, Leia, and Luke were going to make it, and that's that's what made Rogue One such a gut punch. Yes. Yes. I remember coming out of the cinema, seeing it for the first time and going, I'm actually really glad everyone died at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Same. It makes a huge change. I don't need to now expect or want or dream about seeing these characters again because they dead. Oh, yeah. You can't see them. <laughs> well, but yeah. they're... Do you know they're... my biggest bugbear with Rogue One? My, the one thing, the one thing about the movie that to this day still bothers me. What? There's no Borthans killed getting the Death Star plans. And it's very clearly said in A New Hope that many Borthans, I'm not even saying it right, Borthans were killed to obtain these plans by Leia. Well, it didn't happen, love. It wasn't in the movie. <laughs> Get your facts right. That's the one one thing. You do mention them in the book, though. Yes, but it's not in the movie, so I, I need that corrected. <laughs> okay. Lucasarts, Marvel, Disney, Star Wars. Get the Morphins CGI them in. No, please don't CGI anything in. Please don't CGI anything in. That was terrible. From, from don't a do it on a beach. No. Do not draw them in with crayons. Just have them on Scarif. Like, I came here for a nice little, you know, beach trip and then everything explodes. They're there with their cocktails and their umbrellas, you know, just catching the vitamin D from the sun. Yeah, and not one of them was there. Just know that they were there in the background. Yes. Please do not draw them in. Please do not stop it. Do, Don't do, do not Lucas. add any extra scenes or any sexy singers singing terrible songs. Or changing who shot first. No. Because Han, Han is a scoundrel. He's not a nice guy. 
do not McClunky the situation. Yeah, <laughs> that, that that's the the one thing. Like, I I will accept a lot of the changes. Like, I actually kind of like that they brought um, the the young Anakin into the um, the end of Return of Jedi and the CGI. I'm okay with that's fine, fine. But Han shot first. Yeah, yeah. Fucked. Yep. Stop changing. It. I was stop it. You know, I was okay with the addition of Hayden Christensen too. It's fine. Mm-hmm. I love Hayden Christensen, even though he's the most terrible. He's the most terrible actor that has ever acted, and he really doesn't like sand. But, but I love him. You can think of some reasons. Well, yeah, understandable, okay. really. I'm I'm loving him at the moment doing the press junkets for Obi Wan, which I'm very excited for because he it looks is, like yeah. this middle aged man who's finally been let out of the house to come do something. <laughs> His outfits are just a little off just for me. I mean, it's just personal preference. I'm looking at them. Hugh McGregor's trousers are too short, in my opinion. But, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm an old There is buddy. nothing wrong ever with you and McGregor. I will stop you. I no, will no, fight no. you. To be fair, I would prefer the man without the trousers on. You can just hold his lightsaber and I'm fine with that. You can say I wasn't looking at the hem of his trousers. Like, we're fine. You were looking at You're the lightsaber? You're talking to the person who spent the entirety of Morbius being pissed off by Matt Smith's Those are shoes. the worst shoes. I haven't seen that one, but I will keep that in mind. Now you're just going to hyperfixate on his shoes. <laughs> sorry. Rich. Sorry, not sorry. <sighs> anyway, you know, you mentioned lightsabers, Claire. When, whether you were using that as a sexual innuendo or not, it's fine. But we need to know what... We need to know what color your lightsaber is and what style you prefer. Not sexually innuendoed. You could if you needed to. It would be fine. I'm so proud of my toys. <laughs> yeah. I, I really like the, the Leia lightsaber design. I thought it was really just classy looking. She's classy. She is classy. Yeah. One day, one day I'll get to Galaxy's Edge. I had a trip planned in the spring of 2021 and that didn't happen um so i have been bumping that trip back and back and back and back but one day i'm gonna go there and i'm gonna get leia's saber and it shall be mine that's that's the goal it's really wonderful i'm with you there i'm with you jacob and i actually went the week before the world shut down yeah we were there for his birthday which is march 9th and then when we got back home we couldn't leave again our, my trip was scheduled um we had one scheduled for april and then we bumped it to september because surely it'll be over by then and then we bumped it from september into like the next april and no nope. still no nope. yeah we I'm were dead. there march 2020 and then the world shut down right. <laughs> like you I know, the right? war. march 2020 <laughs> and then we could never leave our house march again 2020. I remember having a lot of pollen allergies like, in March 2020 and having to go, it's not COVID, I haven't got COVID, I've got allergies. Yeah. <sighs> our dream is to try and get there next year for our big old birthdays. Mm. Yeah, so old. We're going to <laughs> Orlando in March of next year for Jacob's birthday again to explore that disney side of stuff go to avatar land 
I don't really care about Avatar. No, I did see the trailer for yeah, the second one. Yeah, I saw one, that too, and, I and like, I'm like, I, I could tell you what the movie's about. There's, they're mm. swimming in the water. There, it's about water. That's all. I, I don't. It's been shocking to me that that movie has even has a theme park ride. Yes, it's like the, it's like the most popular movie that everyone saw that no one remembers. Right, but people only saw this. My two pence is people only saw it because it was a big IMAX 3D experience. It was made specifically for IMAX 3D and it showcased that cinema fantastically. I saw it in IMAX 3D. It was beautiful, but I never need to see the movie again. It was so badly acted. No, CGI we was borderline dodgy. And we don't need two and or four more. Whatever's happening with no. that, we don't need them. No, don't need any more. No. There's other things that it would have yeah. been better. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so have we kept I think we've kept you long enough talking about sometimes Star Wars things and sometimes everything else under the sun <laughs> so tell us what you're excited about I mean we know one thing that you're excited about but tell yes. us other things that you're excited about and also you know Princess and the Scoundrel talk about that but tell us what's coming up what's huh. next what's yeah what's... It, it is kind of hard to redirect my brain from Star Wars with the Princess and the Scoundrel coming out because it's it's going to be out in August and the book cover just got released and it is overwhelmed my brain of everything. So I'm I am so excited about it. I really, really, really hope that the fans like it. Like there's definitely some of it that is just fan service, but like that's a Han and Leia story. Like it's there for you guys to enjoy. So I really hope people enjoy it. I'm so nervous and I'll just be a ball of anxious until until it's out and maybe some time has passed <laughs> but at least the cover is really really pretty thanks to the artist oliver uh, cuthbertson like the cover was the pretty cover is amazing. So. <laughs> um but yeah beyond that i um i'm doing a serial novel called museum of magic and every episode of the novel is determined by dice roll tarot card pulls and right. reader votes so that's been really really fun we talked about that I've enjoyed like, that before and then, it was even a thing really and now we're back and it's you're yeah in the I, of it. I think I was doing blood and feathers mm -hmm. then and mm -hmm. it was I was just starting to like experiment with like doing that and then I just went all in for Museum of Magic it's a totally new story and it really is completely dictated by chance and I, I have it up on my Patreon where I'll have like the flow charts where like if I flip the coin in its head we go this route and if I if tails we go this route and it's just been it's been wild and fun and just it's it really has been a blast that's amazing yeah, it's amazing yeah it should they should probably wrap up by the end of the year i think so it's amazing wow yeah it's kind Good of time. scary yeah. at the same time it must be really like hoping it's gonna go heads but then it goes tails like oh, okay that's oh. happened before and I, to keep myself honest, because I know that I would absolutely cheat because I'm secretly Empire, um, I, I do a live video recording, so <laughs> I can't fake it. And, and like, I have to show the dice and I'm like, here's what I got. And th like my readers have commented, they're like, oh, we can see that's really not what you wanted. And I'm like, I really didn't want that at all. <laughs> but it's good that you're, at, you're, you're still, you know, you've got your preferred storyline, the one you want to go but you are giving the options and yes. you are being honest. And the story would not have been like, 
like when I first came up with the idea, I certainly had like a vision of like, oh, it's going to hit these beats. Probably the story would not exist as it was if I was making every choice myself. Like it, it simply would not be what it is. And so that's also been kind of exciting to see like something that I literally cannot plan for and I cannot dictate and I just have to see what happens. That's so exciting. It's really fun. Yeah. I'm glad that you're Empire. <laughs> I mean, I do secret. I'm, I'm like, oh yeah, I would join Princess. And like if Leia came to me and was like, join the rebellion, I would because it's her. But also I'm, I'm really evil. I love it. And lazy. and I, would... I love it. I can't believe you've been given, I mean, I can because you're amazing and I love you and you are one of the greatest sci-fi writers out there. Believe that. And tell your son, who doesn't believe people read your books, because we you do. do. We really, um, really do. We have evidence. You, you I even showed him, and he was like, well, I mean, they could be lying. And I'm like, well, they could be, but I hope not. Did you listen to <laughs> our in-depth write... summaries? Jesus. Yeah. You can write those without, <laughs> no. you know, reading everything at least twice. Which we have, but, and we do. Which we have, and we do, and we repeatedly do. But what blows my mind is that you've written... Jin Erso, you you, for all the fact that Rogue One ha- established Jin Erso as a character, you really give her the proper life. You give her the motivation and the attitudes and the direction. You created her and molded her. And Liara, who was actually my, one of my favorite characters, and I want more of her. But you're also getting Leia now. This is freaking Leia, and she's in your hands. That must be so daunting and so oh yeah i want to throw up all the time <laughs> <laughs> it, it it really it really is and i was actually just thinking about this with a different interview i was doing that with Re- with rebel rising i knew the plot i knew where the the story was going to end up but i didn't know the character because i i wrote the entire book before the movie came out like the the book didn't time it because publishing is slow but the entire book was written before the movie came out so i i had to write I knew the story, but not the character. And the exact opposite is true for the princess and the scoundrel. I know those characters, but I, that part of their story hasn't been told. So I had to fill it in a, in a different way and take a completely different approach. And I hope it worked. I'm going to have to ask a question and just watch your face in case you, you, you in any way, shape or form. Don't cover your face. That's cheating. <laughs> Don't cheat. Stop cheating. I'm cheating. I'm evil. I already, we've established I'm empire. <laughs> Do we find out Leia's pregnant during the book? So the timeline is very short. And I will only say that I did use Shattered Empire, which is a comic, mm-hmm. to establish the timeline. And Shattered Empire takes place, um, I want to say it's exactly two weeks, two weeks or 21 days. Something, there's a very specific number of days. And that is a extraordinarily short time frame for any kind of question in regards to what you are asking. Because let's face it, we all know Hans Beryl. <laughs> yeah. But, but the time frame does match with Shattered Empire. So I don't I don't think that's a spoiler or anything because that's I'm just saying that in the in the slot, Shattered Empire takes place in like two or three weeks. I'd I'd have to look that back up, but 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 the timeline spit. Mm. <laughs> I can tell that's not a good answer for you. <laughs> I'll let you slide because it's you, Beth, and you're amazing. 
one last question while you're busy wrapping up and telling us all your amazing stuff that you're doing. Are there any other <laughs> female characters in Star Wars you would love to get your hands on? Because there's so I... many strong independent characters who are female and great role models. <laughs> That's true, but I I don't want the role model. I would want Dr. Afra. <gasps> right. Right. But the only thing that, that like holds me back from that is that what's already out there is so good. Sarah Kuhn's like play novel, it's it's like novel form, but in like a play format and the comics are just, they're so good, but I love that character. Oh, if I could write her, her university days. That would be the Oh. I just want you to do it all. We do. We do want you to do everything. I'm fine with that. <laughs> okay. Get back to promoting yourself. You, I'm fine. I'm. I'm just gonna like sit here and go. Oh well. Um. That's, that's <laughs> not all I can talk about, though. I I do have a co-written historical novel that's going to be releasing next year, but it's not been announced yet. Um, but I, I think I can safely say that the trip I took to Germany last year was for research for it. So I'm very excited about that one. Um, um, it should be announced really soon. And, um, I'm also working on an adult sci-fi that I have been working on for years and years and years, and I love it desperately. Right. So where can everybody keep track of all of this great stuff? And then Um, when you start promoting it, we can see it in pre-order. Um, yeah, I'm always on BethRevis.com. That's the easy like hub for everything. But I'm on basically every social media, and I am a total millennial with a Substack newsletter. So there's that as well. <laughs> and your Patreon, of course, to support you and your work and see how your stories develop, influence. Yeah, um, the Patreon lets you watch Museum of Magic happen. So if, you, if you've ever been to a museum and seen an artist like drawing a painting and you like look over their shoulder and see how they draw it that's kind of like what my patreon is except for writing so you can kind of like look over the shoulder and see how a book actually develops um and so uh i have the post on the museum of magic chapters and every chapter comes with the development of how every choice in the chapter was made and then i also have a weekly writing post and uh critiques and things like that as well so that'd be really good for anybody who's an inspiring writer as well to you know get hints and tips and see the creative process that's really interesting it's amazing Mm. it's amazing you're amazing and we love you so that's that i love you guys too (laughs) i know oh my gosh just know this just know that we'll have even though we're not you know we chose these books because it's star wars month and that's what our monthly theme is um in our (laughs) fictional hangover book club but we're bringing you back to talk about the princess and the scoundrel we'll give you a little bit of time to let your anxiety die down Okay, that's that's totally fine. But we're dragging that's you totally back. Fine. I tractor beam. We're pulling you. <sighs> I cannot wait to talk about. It. There's so many things in there that because that one's more fresh in my mind anyway. But also, I'm like, oh, it's like in chapter six. I'm like, wait, nobody's read chapter six yet. <laughs> so... <laughs> I cannot yeah. wait. As soon as I heard the title, I couldn't believe you had Leia in hand. I couldn't believe, and I was so excited, and I was like, my husband was like, what are you going on about? And I'm like, it's calm down no oh i have had no chill for for a year um and this it's been such a fast timeline too because i got the the pitch 
I got like the pitch around August or so. And then the outlining process went through November and then just from November to January was the book. And I just finished edits. Like I'm looking at my calendar right here. I just finished edits like a few weeks ago and, and it's going to come out in August. I'm like, Oh my gosh. (laughs) You're a vicarious Disney princess. You are. I'm sorry, what? You're a vicarious Disney princess. (laughs) You brought Princess Lear. Therefore, you are a princess. princess Therefore, you are a Disney princess. I am at best a handmaiden. Maybe the nanny droid. Take it. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Or murder bear. (laughs) (laughs) Like, honestly, if, if, like, writing Han and Leia is the best, but if I could write Han and Leia on the Endor, like, that's the best mm. yeah mm. so good beth thank you so much for just being an absolute creative genius and a complete nerd yep. thank you and uh, always always a nerd I, I will world. not take the creative genius but i will take that nerd take man the genius to too. Take it, it, mm-hmm. revel in <laughs> it we will send the clip to you so you can just specifically give it to your disbelieving child <laughs> he, he still won't believe it <sighs> he's gonna get he's actually in the acknowledgements of the princess and the scoundrel and i guarantee he he does not care he will (laughs) he will when he's a teenager and he's suddenly like hang Hang on on. my mom is the coolest person in the entire universe (laughs) Mm, we'll we'll see we'll see he is supremely unimpressed by literally everything (laughs) kids are never (laughs) impressed by the power he's just he's even star wars he's just kind of like I guess if I have to go to Star Wars land, I'll go with you. But can we go to Legoland instead? And I'm like, yes. To then go and see the Star Wars Lego figures, which you will take all the pictures of, press all the buttons to make the cantina light up and the Millennium Falcon fly off, and then go to the Lego store and buy all the kits. So yeah, we'll go to Legoland. (laughs) Okay. That's my plan in three weeks, anyway. It's a good plan. That's a good, good plan. plan. <laughs> All right, we will let you go now, but thank you so much for joining us again. Because we love you. Yes. Thank you thank for having you. me. All right. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> so that's it for this bonus episode of Fictional Hangover. I'm Amanda. And I'm Claire. Join us next time for Vampire Book Club as we discuss <laughs> Dead as a Doornail by Charlene Harris. Look out for our Would You Rather polls on social media. Don't forget about our book club and monthly challenges on Facebook. Be sure to visit our shop on Redbubble at fictionalhangover.redbubble.com for all your favorite fictional hangover-themed merchandise and become a patron of ours on Patreon at patreon.com slash fictionalhangover. Until next time, remember, the only cure for a fictional hangover is another book. You can find us at fictionalhangover.com, follow us on Instagram at fictionalhangover, find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash fictionalhangover, and on Twitter at fictionalhangover, no E-R. If you'd like this episode, check out our others, a rate, review, and subscribe so you don't miss out. And finally, special thanks to Liz Emerson for our music. You can find her on Facebook and Patreon. Thanks for listening. <laughs>